Welcome to 22 Days of Thelema. Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. My name is Douglas Lang, and this podcast is brought to you by the administrators of the Alabama Thelemic Magic Study Group on Facebook. Follow me as we reflect on the 22 days between the vernal equinox and the three days of the writing of Liber L. Legis, the Book of the Law. Observing the, the Thelemic Holy Season, March 20th through April 10th, can act as a kind of self-initiation, as it is a 22-day meditation on the Atu of the Thoth Tarot deck and readings from the Holy Books of Thelema. We will be meditating on the Atu of the Thoth Tarot while reading chapters from certain Thelemic Holy Books and other media that correspond to those cards. <clears throat> Greetings on the fourth night of the holy season. The Atu assigned tonight's work is the moon, number 18 in Roman numerals. If you have the Thoth deck and you have this card, look at it while listening to, to chapter 6 of Liber 7. Chapter 6 corresponds to the moon. If you recall in our last program on it on a 219, the sun, I referred to it as the cornerstone. I referred to the sun as our as the cornerstone of our solar system. The moon always makes me think of Plato's allegory of the cave, where chimerical things are the reality of an, of an enslaved people who can only see one point of view. If you do, in fact, have no 218 with which to gaze upon, you could imagine yourself chained down to look at, a, at the wall of a cave, close your astral eyes, and listen to the words of Lieber 7, instead of looking at the chimeras. Those things that, those things that are shadows playing against a cave wall. What you will hear is more real than those shadows. <clears throat> Chapter six. Though us the priestess, O oh my God, among the druids, and we knew the powers of the oak, we made us a temple of stones in the shape of the universe even as thou didst wear openly and I concealed. There we performed many wonderful things by midnight. By the, by the waning moon did we work. Over the plain came the atrocious... Over the plain came the atrocious, atrocious cry of wolves. We answered, we hunted with the pack. We came even unto the new chapel and thou didst bear away the holy grail beneath thy druid vestments. Secretly and by stealth did we drink of the informing sacrament. Then a terrible disease seized upon the folk of the gray land, and we rejoiced. O oh my God, disguise thy glory. Come as a thief, and let us steal away the sacraments. In our groves, in our cloistral cells, in our honeycomb of happiness, let us drink, let us drink. It is the wine that tinges everything with the true tincture of infallible gold. There are deep secrets in these songs. It is not enough to hear the bird, to enjoy song. He must be the bird. I am the bird and thou art my song, O oh, my glorious galloping God. Thou reignest in the stars, thou drivest the constellations, seven abreast through the circus of nothingness, thou gladiator God. I play upon mine harp, thou fightest the beasts and the flames, thou takest thy joy in the music, and I in the fighting. 
Thou and I are beloved of the Emperor. See, he has summoned us to the Imperial Dais. The night falls. It is a great orgy of worship and bliss. The night falls like a spangled cloak from the shoulders of a prince upon a slave. He rises a free man. Cast thou, O prophet, the cloak upon these slaves. A great night and scarce fires therein, but freedom for the slave that his glory shall encompass. So also I went down into the great sad city. There dead Missalina bartered her crown for poison from the dead Locusta. There stood Caligula and smote the seas of forget forgetfulness. Who wast thou, O Caesar, that thou knewest God in, in an horse? For, for lo, we beheld the white horse of the Saxon engraven upon the earth, and we beheld the horses of the sea that flame about the old gray land, and the foam from their nostrils enlightens us. Ah, but I love thee, God. Thou art like a moon upon the ice world. Thou art like the dawn of the utmost snows upon the burnt-up flats of the tiger's land. By silence and by speech do I worship thee, but all as in vain. Only thy silence and thy speech that worship me avail. Wail, O ye folk of the gray land, for we have drunk your wine and left ye but the bitter dregs. Yet from these we distill ye a liquor beyond the nectar of the gods. And there is value in our tincture for a world of spice and gold. For a red powder of projection is beyond all possibilities. There are few men, there are enough. We shall be full of cupbearers, and the wine is not stinted. O oh dear my God, what a feast thou hast provided! Behold the lights and the flowers and the maidens. Taste of the wines and the cates and the splendid meats. Breathe in the perfumes and the clouds of little gods, like wood nymphs that inhabit the nostrils. Feel with your whole body the glorious smoothness of the marble cooleth, and the generous warmth of the sun and the slaves. Let the invisible one form all the devouring light of its disruptive vigor. Yea, all the world is split apart as an old gray tree by the lightning. Come, O ye gods, and let us feast. Thou, O oh my darling, O oh my ceaseless sparrow god, my delight, my desire, my deceiver, come thou and chirp at my right hand. This was the tale of the memory of Al-Ain, the priest, yea, of Al-Ain, the priest. And I think now I'm going to transfer over to the Book of Thoth. To read about the moon card, the moon or two, from there. It's very, sh it's, it's short. <clears throat> this is what Crowley has to say about the moon. The 18th trump is attributed to the letter Kolf, which represents Pisces in the zodiac. It is called the moon. Pisces is the last of the signs. It represents the last stage of winter. It might be called the gateway of resurrection. The latter kolf means the back of the head and is connected with the potencies of the cerebellum. <clears throat> I just want to add really quickly here, uh, the back of the head. Remember the prologue of the unborn at the beginning? And I suggested one of the things that you could do is find Orion and um, read the... Uh, uh, 
headless right as it is now known or the bornless right as it was known back in back in that time of uh, the Golden Dawn. Um, either one of those things. Reflect on that while listening to this as well. Okay, as as I continue. In the system of the old eon, the resurrection of the sun was not only from winter, but from night. And this card represents midnight. There is a budding morrow in midnight, wrote Keats. For this reason, there appears at the bottom of the card underneath the water, which is tinged with graphs of abomination, the sacred beetle, the Egyptian Kepra, bearing in his mandibles the solar disk. It is this beetle that bears the sun in his silence through the darkness of night and the bitterness of winter. Above the surface of the water is a sinister and forbidding landscape. We see a path or stream, serum tinged with blood, which flows from a gap between two barren mountains. Nine drops of impure blood, drop-shaped like yodes, fall upon it from the moon. The moon, partaking as she does of the highest and the lowest, and filling all the space between, is the most universal of the planets. In her higher aspect, she occupies the place of the link between the human and divine, as shown in a 2-2. In this trump, her lowest avatar, she joins the earthy sphere of Netzek and Malkut, the culmination in matter of all superior forms. This is the waning moon, the moon of witchcraft and abominable deeds. This is the poisoned darkness, which is the condition of the rebirth of light. This path is guarded by taboo. She is uncleanliness and sorcery. Upon the hills are the black towers of nameless mystery, of horror and fear. All prejudice, all superstition, dead tradition and ancestral loathing all combine to darken her face before the eyes of men. It needs unconquerable courage to begin to tread this path. Here is a weird deceptive life. The fiery sense is bulked. The moon has no air. The night upon this quest has to rely on the three lower senses touch taste and smell such light as they such light as there may be is deadlier than darkness reflect on the cave and the silence is wounded by the howling of wind of wild beasts to what god shall we appeal for aid it is anubis the watcher in the twilight the god that stands upon the threshold the jackal god of chem who stands in double form between the ways at his feet, on watch, wait the jackals themselves to devour the carcasses of those who have not seen him, or who have not known his name. This is the threshold of life. This is the threshold of death. All is doubtful. All is mysterious. All is intoxicating. Not the benign solar intoxication of Dionysus, but the dreadful madness of pernicious drugs. This is a drunkenness of sense. After the mind has been abolished by the venom of this moon, this is that which is written of Abraham in the book of the beginning, and horror of great darkness came upon him. One is reminded of the mental echo of, some of subconscious realization of that supreme iniquity which mystics have constantly celebrated in their accounts of the dark night of the soul. But the best men, the true men, do not consider the matter in such terms at all. Whatever horrors may afflict the soul, whatever abominations may excite the loathing of the heart, Whatever terrors may assail the mind, the answer is the same at every stage. How splendid is the adventure. So, there's that. I want to go back to this 
um, reference that uh, Crowley talked about when he was talking about where was that Yeah, this is the waning moon, the moon of witchcraft and abominable deeds. She is the poison darkness, which is the condition of the rebirth of light. She is uncleanliness and sorcery. Upon the hills are the black towers, the nameless mystery of horror and of fear. All prejudice, all superstition, dead tradition and ancestral loathing all combined to darken her face before the eyes of men. This that he's referring to is not the witchcraft that we know today. Um, the witchcraft that would come to be... I think six or seven years after he wrote these words uh, by way of Gerald Gardner. This is the witchcraft that the Inquisition gave us. Um, this is the witchcraft that um, made us turn against our neighbors and turn them in and become, you know, uh, cowards in the face of fear uh, under... Uh, shall we say, slave religions of some, uh, of some kind. The, the, bo the bottom line is this is the witchcraft that was invented to enslave our minds in the cave. Okay? So this is not the witchcraft that Aleister Crowley and Gerald Gardner uh, would begin to develop amongst themselves and would only not develop together as a consequence of Crowley's death at the end of 47, Gerald's ill health from 47 to 50, I believe. And then further on down the road, um, becoming the source of all kinds of rumors. The, you know, as a matter of fact, Gerald Gardner was actually chartered, was actually, actually bought um, the... I'm going to say the privilege, but uh, he he was, I guess you would say, chartered a uh, the ability to start an OTO body in England. Um, that never came about, and so Gerald Gardner found another way to get that out, get that um, creating a a um, a group. Um, of magicians and uh, magical practitioners of witches um, in his own particular way and he gave us Wicca. Um, I'm accidentally referring to historical aspects of Aleister Crowley so that we can kind of see how his presence, and I'm only lightly touching on it in this program, in, in all of these shows, that Aleister Crowley was kind of a Forrest Gump Oh, <laughs> I'm not, people are going to really hate that, but he was really like a Forrest Gump in terms of like, um, you know, meeting all these people and bringing out the best in them. I'm also thinking of, uh, Bennett from Chefalu who would go to Australia and look at the, uh, OTO work that can, that came, that comes out of Australia these days. I want a hundred percent believe, although I really can't, you know, see the line, um, you know, in terms of a lineage, but the only reason why we have such such work coming out of Australia now, I think, is because of Bennett. And um, you know, there are other people too, like I mentioned last night, uh, talking about uh, uh, Foster and you know Crowley's uh, unrequited love from uh, Cambridge. You know, making it into the holy books, 
these are these are things that the universe all this really all this gibberish all this stuff that i've been talking about all these things that i'll be hearing that i'll be talking about they all point to one thing there is something out there that's very much on our side and if you don't get that then i'm gonna lay siege to your heart <laughs> and you will by the end of this program by the by, by, by the end of these 22 days um the universe is very 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 much interested in your survival uh i don't know you whoever's listening to this or maybe i do or maybe you know me um or maybe you know me in spirit but the universe is very 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 interested interested in how you're doing and anyway (sighs) anyway i think i need to be done And with that, I leave you to your reflections. Love is the law, love under will. Good night.